Welcome to episode 21 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me this week, Lee, Dan and Rob. How are we, guys? Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, fine. Recovered from a half of a season of baseball. <laughs> exactly. It's been emotional, hasn't it? It's been, it's been an emotional what? How many months is that? Two, three months, isn't it? Give or take. Three months. Yeah, three and a half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go, guys. I mean, <laughs> when, when is the Marlins? Time is ticking slow, maybe, it seems. But anyway, um, guys, uh, for this week, we're going to focus on looking back, I think, in the main, on, on the half so far. We're at the All-Star break. Uh, let's let's spend some time to, to, to reflect uh, on what we've seen, equally what we can expect to see in the second half. Uh, we'll also take some time to add some commentary on how the rebuild is is progressing as well, how we see it. Are we on schedule? Are we ahead? Are we behind? Let's, let's dive into that. Um, we also need to review our predictions that we made at the start of the year. We need to work out who is wildly inaccurate and who uh, who may be on pace to to, to be there. Um, and then, guys, I think we're going to throw in a nice little new segment here. I'm going to just, I'm not going to go too fancy with the name, but it's going to be question time. And each of us can, can go around and ask a question to the group. We'll use it as group therapy, so to speak. So uh, we'll, we'll each take a question and the group can all answer, which should be fun as well. And we'll round off with uh, usual bits, player of the half, emoji of the half, uh, I rounded up there, guys. So um, let's let's get let's get stuck in. Um, I think let's start on a high and think about favorite moments of the season so far. It can be a game, it can be a specific pitch, anything you want, guys. What mm-hmm. what has been your favorite moment so far, Lee? You look ready. You've got something in your mind here for, for an answer. I'll let you start, mate. You take it away. Set the standard. Um, I mean, I made a note earlier on. I'm sure it might be you know, on other list. Was that Sandy Stark versus the Mets back in the middle of May? Uh, May, I think it was, when he had the, mm. the, 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 the shutout, you know, you know the, the nine innings. What was it? Uh, eight strikeouts, one walk, two hits. I mean, that, that, that was just a perfect performance you know, you know, from him. And yeah, it's been since we've seen that seen that from from a Marlins player, it was, it was just a perfect game game for him to pitch in. Yeah, you know, the, the whole team was, was was good on that day. Just it was, it was just a just a perfect night, and he pitched so quick as well. And it was over what within like a like you know, a couple of hours. So yeah. for me, that that was the best 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 highlight of the season. Yeah, for yeah, for, for, for like game wise. Yeah, well, it's, it's topical as well, mate, because he's ended up being the All Star yeah. representative, so, yeah. and Hopefully that's we'll the game of sticks. Yeah, he's on tonight. Yeah, um, did you see? Did we see much of the futures game as well earlier on? I don't know if we did or not. I I, I think Diaz took a few walks and stuff, but 
Saw some highlights from Sixto as well. He looked yeah, to be solving hard. I just have the game uh, recorded on, on, you know, on my Skybox, but I've not, not, I've not actually seen it yet. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. You've got time this week, mate, so yeah. get something. <laughs> something to watch, yeah. yeah Too distracted by the uh, the Vladimir Guerrero, Pete Alonso home run derby <laughs> thrash. Both of them are, are monsters, aren't they? For you know, the younger players that have come through. Vlad was, wow. I know he obviously <laughs> did win it at the end, but wow. I mean, <laughs> there's there's been talk about the home run derby. Is it, you know, is it good? Is it fun? Total nonsense. It's absolute quality viewing. What is everyone on about? Like, yeah. it's a bit of fun, but it's entertaining. It's exciting. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with Stanton back in the day. That home run derby win oh, that he yeah. had. Yeah, it was great. That was, yeah. Which was awesome. And, and obviously he followed up the year after. And I think, was that the year when Justin Ball was in it as well? And he was feeding him donuts and, <laughs> you know, just, just quality in it. Good fun. Uh, actually, one, one thing that's come out of that, I think, as well, is the there's been a bit of negativity around the baseballs, actually. And everyone going, do you know what? It's got a bit too far. I saw someone saying that they've got, you know, Titleist stamped on the side of them now. They're, all, <laughs> they're like golf balls. Um <laughs> Uh, and maybe they've gone, maybe MLB have gone a little bit too far with that. And um, it's a little bit unfairly weighted. So anyway, that's fine. Um, Lee, uh, I think I share with you that that is, I think that's my highlight as well, actually. I'm going to agree with you that that game, that performance from Sandy was was absolutely awesome. And I'm pleased he made it to the All-Star game. And I guess he'll, I don't know, I haven't watched the All-Star game in full, I don't think. Will he pitch what an inning? Will he do a few? He, he might do. They, yeah, not not every pitcher plays, but obviously it depend on on how the game is going. And so the starters normally go two innings, and then it's you know you know just after that it's just you know you know a bullpen game, mishmash yeah. of starters and relievers all all coming in and <laughs> an inning or so. Yeah. So he, yeah. he he may play. Hopefully we, he does. You know, get to see him. I think he'll he'll have the mentality of I want to play. Some of the other players may think I don't want to play. I don't want to get hurt. You know, like the NFL mentality in the All Star Game or whatever oh, they have. That's awful. Yeah. The NFL one. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I understand that. And you've seen people get injured in them games, and you know it's uh, you know you, you, they want to avoid that. And I, I I completely get it. But I think Sandy will want to play, and you'll want to pitch. So I hope he does. Yeah. Um, Whoever he'll be pitching to, it'll be tough <laughs> for sure. Um, so awesome, good start, mate, Lee. I, I think that's a good one. Um, Dan, anything for you, mate? From from a, a favourite moment? Yeah, um, I mean that uh, in, in uh, game from Sandy is definitely up there. I mean, it was just special. Yeah. I think it was only about an, an hour and fifty eight minutes or something silly yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you've said before in the pod, Pete, saying that if nothing else, that deserved the All Star appearance just for that all-star game really yeah. was, and that's exactly what it was yeah. so that, that, that that's a great shout early but um i remember i can't remember who it was against it was about a month ago and it was the um cooper grand slam in the ninth away to somebody i can't remember who it was um and that we it, i don't know it, it wasn't wasn't a walk-off but it gave it, was it us the from tigers was it the that's tigers it, it was that's it yeah, it, was it was the tigers, the tigers yeah and it gave us the lead in the ninth and it was a UK-friendly time. I think it was a Sunday. 
you're watching it. It's the, it was the only time this season where I've literally jumped out of my chair. It yeah. was it was an all and it, it, you just they're the sort of things that you, you're waiting for. You know, a lot of the times you're either watching the highlights or you 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 know the scores before because they're in the middle of the night and you're just catching up. But to be there, yeah, a couple of beers in, I was. And see Grand Slam, yeah, nine, ninth innings. It doesn't get much better than that. So He's that, that all Larry, wasn't he? All Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely up there for me. And then the only other thing that stands out so far this season was um, the um, uh, pitcher from who tried to hit uh, Urania. Urania. Same. Gosman. That's it. Gosman. Yeah. Well done again. And uh, missed, and I just remember like again, just one of them moments because you're watching it live, just laughing out loud. Um, so they're the two things that stick out because uh, yeah, made a complete yeah. fool of himself. But yeah, the Cooper thing mainly, and obviously Sandy's fantastic performance. Yeah, against me. We've obviously not had a huge amount of highlights because everything we've named so far was on my was on my top three. So there we go. Rob, <laughs> give it anything different from you, Rob? What? I really enjoyed this year um, more than anything has been our, our pitching overall. And, and we've talked about Sandy and Caleb's had, had some sort of monster games, especially with strikeouts. But the, the, what was the highlight for me was Yamamoto's first two starts. Yeah. Well, the first start he had um, where he went seven innings and had five strikeouts against the, the Cardinals. And they've got, you know, formidable line up there with you know with Azuna and Carpenter and Goldschmidt etc um and the way he pitched considering he'd not pitched in triple a and we'd won that game I think that was the nine nil game uh we won we'd been on a bit of a bad run and it was one of those catalysts that pushed us forwards it was just a a, a brilliant game all the way through and um, and then he did it again, yeah, again against the Cardinals, yeah. another seven innings. And then I think what happened was after that, we got a little bit concerned because he had two games in a row where he had really sort of bad starts. He'd walked a lot of um, batters and uh, that was against the, the Phillies. And he looked a little bit nervous, um, but he still went five innings. He still went four innings, only gave up four runs in those two games. And then to come back against Atlanta and then pitch another absolutely brilliant six innings with only two hits. Mm-hmm. It was uh, seven strikeouts. This Yamamoto wasn't supposed to be someone who was now pitching to be in our, you know, our five man. He was supposed to be someone to come up, fill the gap. You know, Caleb's injured, you know, Pablo Lopez is injured, Urania is injured. These are these guys are supposed to come up, maybe go down the bullpen if we need some help there, but otherwise go back to AAA. Not to come up and completely take his opportunity, considering mm. he'd come from AA. Um, I just thought that was wonderful. And it was such a, especially that first game, had his family there. It was very emotional. Mm. And um, yeah, so that was my favourite highlight uh, of this season. Yeah. Good. I like it, mate. He's the most unexpected package of the year, isn't he? Of everyone, um, which actually segues nicely into my next topic, guys. Of who's who's most impressed um, this year so far. So let's do the same. We'll go around the horn again. Lee, you can you can start it off, mate. Um, I guess you could take your pick from many of the rotation guys, and that I, you know it's an eight man. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you've got there in the rotation, plus, uh, you know, a few other honourable mentions as well. So I'll, I'll let you take it away, mate. Who's 
who's most impressed you this year so far? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, as you say, the rotation, you know, players have obviously been been the highlight throughout the whole season. But I think the last few months or so, is Miggy Rowe has really you you know mm. come on, and you know he seems to be you know a, a doubles machine at the minute. Every yeah. game he's in the double, you know, you know, loads of hits. His average is he's, he's almost uh, three hundred now. I think soon he was only about at about two thirty or so, you know, a while yeah. ago. So I think I think yeah, he's been a real standout of, of the offense, and mm. along with Cooper as well. You know, he's, he's been been hitting some home runs. It's a shame mm. he was injured at, at at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. You know, now, now we but now he's finally fit. You know, for the first time in, in about two years, he, he you know he, he's he's having a nice long stretch. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been impressive as well. Yeah, and then 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 obviously you got the rotation, who have who have all had you know, you know good moments, you know, you know, you know long stretches of of, of good performances. Mm. I mean, they, they, they've all had 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 their bad game game as well, but but they've all bounced back. Yeah, we, we, you know, which is good to see as well. So it's, yeah. so it's not just all just all you know all good and bad. So yeah, yeah, for me, but yeah, it's Miggy Rowe. I think is my my player of the first half for me. Yeah. Just based on the last last few months, I like it, mate. Do you see? Do you see going into next year, Miggy Rowe continuing to start at shortstop? And actually, can you see it being the next two years? Everyday shortstop there for the next two? Yeah, I mean it's a tough one because I, I mean he probably is a trade candidate, maybe for you know, for, for for like the, for the deadline. Yeah, you know, if a team team wants him, you know, who 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 is contending with some injuries, but yeah, if it was me, I think I'd keep him. Because because mm. he, he's not just good, you know, on the field, you know, in the clubhouse as well. Well, he's a real asset, you know, mm. in that regard as well. Yeah, I think he's the longest serving player now. I think. Okay. So I think yeah, if yeah, for me, I'll, I'll try and sign sign him long, you know, long term. For me. Well, I, I don't actually know his contractual position. I don't know if anyone. While we're on, we could probably look into that anyway and have a look at where yeah, he's at. Is he in? He's in arbitration. Is yeah. Yeah, I think maybe after next year. I'm trying to think how long he's been up. It's yeah, for four years or so, I think. Yeah, I mean, Miggy's the one. Uh, to me, his path has been—he's just grounded out. Yeah. Nothing's been handed to him on any in any way, and he's just fought to be where he is and just embraced it. And hey, you're right, mate. You make a really interesting point there. Let's let's park this for later on, but. We're going to get to the, the deadline and what could or should happen. I guess I hadn't really considered Miggy, but if I was another team, you know, yes, you look at the stats, you less, you look at the player. But for me, at this time of the year, it's more, is this personality going to fit into the culture that we're building? Can we bring someone in? And from what we're seeing from the outside looking in, of course, we you know, we don't, we don't know this, but it seems like he's got a huge influence there and is hugely respected. And if you're doing the character fit, Miggy Rowe surely would fit what most ball clubs are trying to achieve in their clubhouse. So, interesting point, Lee. Let's park that to later, mate. I mean, I hope he doesn't because I've really enjoyed, like you, have yeah. enjoyed watching him. So, all right, let's keep it rolling. Um, Dan, same to you, buddy. Who's Who's been... You stand out thus far. Who's impressed? Well, I think that you could make an argument for anyone in the rotation. It's what mm. we've been singing and praising all all season so far. Um, so they've all done their job, and the guys that have come up have uh, have t- taken their chance. I mean, they've they've really surprised all of us. You know, 
Um, Hernandez, Yamamoto have just been been outstanding. Gallon's done not really put a foot wrong ever since he's come up. So that's that's been pleasantly surprising. All of it. We, we, not, any one of them could have made a, a case. Um, it's just a shame that Cooper was injured, as Lee said, for for a while because. I am going to choose Cooper, even though mm. he has been out for so long, because he's just, I don't really know where we would be without him at the moment from a batting point yeah. of view. He's, he's been so hot since he's come back. And you just get that confidence. If you know he's coming back round, you just think, well, okay, there's some bases. We're going to get some hits here, because that's what he does. He's, I, so I think last time we spoke, he was something like point, over 0.400 for the month. Mm. Um, that's, not, that's not just a little stretch. That's not a week. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of baseball to be getting those sort of figures. And, um, yeah, as you say, he's he is, is a, is a big guy. He's got a lot of power. He's, he's earned us a lot of runs. And with a bit more of that, which I think is what we're maybe going to be looking at, trying to add, hopefully, through this process, um, mm. that, that's where we're going to improve. And I think that he's the worthy, worthy shout, even though he did have a spend a long time uh, on the sidelines at the beginning. I think it's... It's deserved that he gets a uh, best player so far, in my opinion. Yeah. Is he the Marlins' medium-term answer now at first base, do we think? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, who who else was there that we had that, that was maybe... It's always been a bit of a problem area, isn't it, first base for us? Yeah. So I think that it has to be, really. It has to be. Yeah. I think that also, one other quick deviant, I think that... We've not really missed Real Muto, have we? I think Alfaro's done a great job. Um, so he deserves a shout. I think that that was something we, we all knew was going to happen at the beginning of the season. But um, I was gutted to see him go. But I think that, that Alfaro's jumped in that and done really well. I think he's been, well, like I said, we've not missed him. And that's that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty high praise, really. Well, yeah. I, I completely agree, mate. And when we made that trade, we swapped... Uh, we swapped pitches that you know Alfaro was already up with the mm. with the Phillies. It wasn't like he was a prospect in double A and we didn't quite know. He was already performing at that level. So okay, we've we've swapped catches there. And equally we've taken on well, he's our highest rated prospect in, in Sixto Sanchez, mm. who well, another question as well is are we gonna see could you see Sixto just making a, a, a September appearance? You know, look, he's lighting it up everywhere. Why not? You know, given the experience, why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's park that one as well, mate, because that could that could take us into a whole a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, you're right. I like the honourable mention for for Alfaro. He he has he's filled the void, hasn't he? And it's not easy to fill the void in the catch position. You know, yeah. there is a real tail off from you know the elite and top end guys. To the yeah. next level. So mm-hmm. awesome. Good shout, mate. Um Rob Newell. Well, Give before it. I before I go into my selection, just to hoover up a few things. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miggy Rowe is got his final year of arbitration next season. Yeah. So he'll be a free mm-hmm. agent in twenty twenty one. Um in regards to the whole first base thing, obviously it was it was uh, supposed to be a kind of Neil Walker, Peter O'Brien position. That mm. hasn't worked out for various reasons, and uh, that is become a bit of a problematic. I don't think it is Cooper's natural position, and that no. is something that's got to be solved. Unfortunately, there's not nothing really coming through the system at the moment which is going to fill that gap as we stand. Um, I agree with 
Leon Miggy Rowe, um, I, I, I wouldn't want him as a, a trade candidate because I think he's a, a genuine captain. You watch him when he, he, whenever there's a visit to the mound, he's there, and it's quite clear that he is the the real sort of de facto captain now, especially with sort of Prado's injury. And Prado will, will retire at the end of the season anyway. Um, so I think he's important. You're not going to have Granderson there next year. You're not going to have Walker there next year. Um, these senior people, probably not Romo either. So these senior people who are all got really good influence on, on the team will go. Um, very much agree with Alfaro as well. It, mm. I think you get quite, quite comfortable. We were always very comfortable with Real Muto, brilliant catcher, good with the bat. And we are with Alfaro, very, very happy. You know, uh, we, we only, we're, we're very lucky we have Brian Holiday as a great backup. Of course, it's quite odd that we had to bring up sort of people like Wilkin Castillo and, you know, mm. when things do, do go wrong. But um, yeah, he has been great. My player, however, is Caleb Smith. And I think he's been a bit forgotten about the last few weeks. Also, uh, you know, as, as, as much as Alcantara has been you know, exceptional, especially going, you know, deep into innings and having his complete game. I, I do think from a pitching perspective, overall, Caleb has been the best. And I think mm. what kind of clouds it a little bit with, with Caleb was that he had that hip injury and that caused him problems, especially the game in Washington where he lasted three innings. Uh, and and then he had that game at, at San Diego and looked a, a little bit shaky as well. But otherwise, if you kind of sort of, uh, look down into his stats and you kind of think, right, well, his strikeouts per nine innings is the highest out of, uh, apart from uh, uh, Zach Gowan at the moment, but that's a small sample size, but it's the, the, it's the highest out of all of our starters. We call mm. him Dr. K. And that was why he got such an impressive start to the season. He, at the moment, um, he's got 11 strikeouts per nine well, we compare that to, let's say, Pablo Lopez, 8.57, uh, Trevor Richards, 8. So it shows that kind of real kind of ratio of of, uh, of power he had to, to just strike out sides really, really quickly. Um, he's If we take the, the whole month of April, those, first, those five games he played in April, eight strikeouts, seven, six, eight, eight, then went into May, eight, 11, eight, seven, and then, then he had the issues with the hip. Yeah. If he'd have kept fit, and I thought we saw glimpses of him again at that game against Atlanta. I know he had a few issues with getting people on base and 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 uh, uh, you know a, a walk here and a few hits, but um, overall, at the start of the season, would you have said that Caleb Smith would have turned into this this ace of a player? Probably not. Remember, he came in with um, Garrett Cooper. Uh, in that sort of very anonymous trade with mm. the Yankees for Michael King. And how well has that worked out? So, yeah. Um, so, Caleb's my player for the yeah. first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Nice, mate. I, I agree. Uh, great summary on him. I remember putting on Twitter, well, you know, when he was in that, you know, he was pitching like an elite pitcher in that stretch where you went through his stats. And I put it out on Twitter and said, is Caleb Smith an ace? One of them lighthearted questions, whatever. Anyway, it got that level of uh, engagement that Pablo Lopez replied to that tweet to say yes. (laughs) So I was like, you know, there you go. Caleb Smith is an ace. 
Pablo, appreciate you replying to me and engaging with us on, on Twitter, mate. So, so thanks for that as well. But that, to me, says it all. When he uh, took the time to go, yep, he is. So there you go. Um, I've got one left fielder guy. Not uh, not left field as in he plays left field. Um, <laughs> the grand some, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, after the first three games, I was like, "Wow, Granderson's incredible!" If you remember, like I was, I was waxing lyrical about his walks and everything, and he hit a couple of home runs. I was like, "Wow, the Grandy man is so good!" And I was so so wrong on that. Um, that anyway, sorry, I'm going off off on a tangent here. But one other player I just want to mention, guys, that was a again in the surprise package area was Nick Anderson for me total surprise and talk about a, a K rate. I don't know what his K rate's been, but at one point it was about 15 Ks per nine. He was, he, he was is the highest. Out. He's the highest at 14 Ks per nine. Uh, is he still there now? Yeah. And considering wow. actually, you know, that that's not uh, a stat because of a low number of, of innings pitched. He's pitched 37 innings now. So he, he's still, He's had a, the odd game where he's he's let a few runs go, but yeah. Um, he's he's yeah, uh, he was a bit of a, a, a yet again a, a player that was kind of brought in. He might work out, might not. Just you know, fill a few innings here and there. We didn't think he'd be like the key of the bullpen. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. He's he's the Marlins' uh, answer to to Josh Hader, right? I mean, he's his strikeout rate is up there in that in that stratosphere, I'd say. So yeah, Nick Anderson. What a surprise. Never even heard of him before this season. And as soon as I saw him, you know, first week, I thought, hmm, OK, this guy looks good. I think every time he was pitching, you know, he was getting two strikeouts every inning. And that was it. So, yeah, we go. Let's let's keep it rolling. But for me, honourable mention to Nick Anderson. I'm not even sure who I could settle on. Um, Coop, Caleb, Sandy, Pablo. My, Pablo's my guy as well. I mean, the rotation's been outstanding collectively. But the impress, the impressiveness side is just the, the eight man rotation, I'm gonna call it. So let's flip let's flip it on its head, guys, and speed it up though. Player that's most disappointed or not lived up to lived up to expectations thus far. Lee, back to you, buddy. I mean the easy art the you know, the other chen, of course. But I, I think <laughs> on you know, it's That's as expected, been, isn't it? He's been the most disappointing one. <laughs> Who are you going with, Chen? Uh, Conley. Because, yeah, there was, there was talk of, of him being oh. a closer and stuff, yeah, things like that. But, yeah, for some reason, he's just you know, a to- to- totally different player from last year. His ERA is at about seven or so. I mean, he comes in and he has the old, you know, you know good game here and there. As I think mm. he had one the other week where he pitched up like, three innings or so, you know, and looked good. But then, but then next game he was bad again. You know, he, he yeah. seems to be just, just you know, not the same, same player. No. So yeah, it's, it's Conley for me. Yeah, he's he's at a point at the moment where they need to make a decision on him. I guess he's got no options or anything left. He's obviously was a starting. Yeah, he's been up and down. Potential start. He was up and down when they were thinking of him as a as a rotation piece. So I guess. That's maybe why they've held on to him. For me, his performance has been, you know, not good enough. Let's be totally honest; he just hasn't been good enough, and he shouldn't really have stayed in the bullpen. But you know, there we go. 
Good answer though, mate. I like that. I hadn't thought of Conley, but actually when I think about it, <laughs> he's up there. Um, Dan, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna say Chen even though it should be, because yeah. I don't want to start Rob off. Um but, uh, <laughs> the um I think Granderson has been for for the amount of time he's spent in a lead off position, it's not necessarily his fault. I don't know why he was left there for so long. It just seems to go forever, and he was hitting something like point one hundred or something stupid. He just yeah. sort of retired like in season, didn't he? As we've said before. So uh, after a promising start, and it was only really for a few games, um, he fell off a cliff big time, and just got allowed was allowed to be just to get on with it. Really, I don't know why that that wasn't resolved. The only other thing I'll probably say, and it's not, it's a little bit harsh, but because the rotation's been so strong. Um, I think Jose's been a little bit, probably, he's probably been the, the weakest of the of five starters. And um, I can't really remember many games where he's been on fire. And you could say on every of the other one, all the other four guys, you could think of multiple times where they've been on fire. Um, mm-hmm. And I almost felt that the the uh, the injury sort of came at, at the right time because we was all discussing when do we you know, split this this five-man rotation, which is going round and round and round. Um, when are these guys going to get their chance? And the injury happened, and the guys that have come in have taken it, drafted it completely. So, um, mm. yeah, Granderson and and, uh, and Urania um, are probably the, the guys that have, I'm not going to dig them out, but have been the, probably the most disappointing, I'd say. Yeah, all right. Fair enough, mate. Um, Rob, I'm what I've, sorry, what I should have said earlier, mate, Rob, I love you in the cleanup spot here, mate. You are you're perfect here <laughs> in the podcast cleanup spot is ideal. But come on, mate, let's let's, ha- let's have it. Well, uh, I I will clean up again because uh, Conley's got two years left on his uh, <laughs> in arbitration. This is brilliant. <laughs> um, so uh, what's happened with Conley is, of course, when he's gone into being a uh, a reliever, he's upped his pace, but it seems to have lost his control. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that that was the issue there. For me, um, you got to say um, Brinson because he was supposed to be the guy we're expecting to be now around two seventy two eighty. That guy who could lead off or 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 be somewhere up of the up of the order and um, be getting us on base a lot and be getting home runs and it course it, it just. Uh, a very odd start to the season. He was getting on base for the first couple of games and then just just striking out loads. And he has done really well in in Nola since he's been down there. And he is time to mm. come up. But from the start of the season, we were really hoping. And I think the issue still is is that he's seen as that that key piece of the LH trade. He's yeah. seen as that, uh, and because LH has then done so so well. He's just the comparison. You can't compare it to someone who's the MVP, who's the home run leader, you know, who's, um, you know, monster number. No one is a package deal either. Like, mm-hmm. the, the thing is about that, it wasn't a one-for-one trade and people forget that. And I think we spoke about this before, but it was a package. And to assess the winner and loser of that trade, you need to look at each of the individual pieces and collectively take a view. So anyway, sorry, sorry to interject on that, mate. But you know, you're totally right, and it, it, it's exactly the right point there. And I kind of hope that pressure is now off him. Now we've got other players that have come through, like your, your Yamamoto's, etc. That is 
that are going to take that pressure away from him. But um, that's disappointing. And we had some other power disappointments. Granderson hasn't kind of paid off. Austin Dean hasn't mm-hmm. done it. Uh, Pete O'Brien's injuries and all the rest of it. But yeah. my where I don't know. Okay, it, it, this is going to be my man. I'm going to be the biggest disappointment. And it's Stalin Castro. I really, really thought that he would be the key with Brinson to get us on base because that was what he was really good at, that short game. And um, I think he disappointed. I don't know how many times he's had many, you know, players left on base and it's been him. And he has become very frustrating to watch, mainly through the ground out and double play. Um, but... This is a guy now we should all be talking out, right, okay, Stalin, okay, we're going to trade him and get a couple of good pieces for him. At the moment, uh, we're just going to get AAA filler for him. So he's been the disappointment. Brinson, yes, bad, but at least he's got time to get it back together again. Castro ain't going to be here next year, and he was supposed to really carry us through. Um, Yeah, he's my guy I'm most disappointed with. Yeah, I I was on the... uh... Uh, on the UK Phillies podcast last night with all the NL East guys and I went the same. Uh, sorry for spoiler alert. I know you're going to listen to this tomorrow, but <clears throat> I was asked that question and I, I went straight away without thought, Castro, mainly because the <laughs> the double play count is just is too high. I mean, he's getting paid a, a ton of money. Um. I think when they, that move happened, we were all waiting for him to be retraded. You know, we were gonna. He wasn't actually ever gonna play for the Marlins, and yeah. he he seemed to embrace it in the end. Actually, last year, and then, and he plays with a smile on his face. But for the the talent that's there, the money's being paid. He's underperforming, no doubt about it. And you know, he has started to hit the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? He's actually had an uptick I think in his production let's see what he does after the all-star break all of a sudden if he catches fire then you know you never know we might be able to spin something for him I mean who knows let's see so mm-hmm. awesome the only uh, you've mentioned everyone that I had listed down literally everyone the only one not be mentioned and this was the bottom of my list I'll just mention it quickly is our, when we look back at the start of the year when we recorded that first pod we touched upon the shortstop position and saying it's a big year for JT Riddle at that point. And it's obviously not happened for him. They made the call a few weeks in. Miggy Rowe took that on on a full-time basis. He's gone down. Now he's kind of fixing in as a bit of a utility guy, playing a bit of outfield, blah, blah, blah. I think when we look back on it, we'll go, "Mm, yeah, okay, he's underwhelmed. He hasn't maybe grasped his opportunity the reality is he's back up. He's hitting a couple of home runs. Let's see how it plays out. He may just be one of those utility guys, and yeah. you know, we'll see. So, all right, guys. Um, I'm going to we'll, – we'll switch it up to more of a, a, a top-level view on the, the rebuild, in inverted commas, or the build, or however you want to phrase it. We're a year and a half in. Um, are we – I just take your view on whether you think we're on schedule, ahead, behind schedule, and when when we think we'll contend again in inverted commas. And when I say contend, I, I think that means we're 
we're pushing for a, at least a wild card spot in the NL East. So, Lee, back to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. How are you seeing the rebuild so far? Uh, I'd say on field, performance wise, we're probably on track on the whole. You know, the, the pitchers are playing well. You know, they're, they're, they're hitters in you know in the minor leagues who are coming 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 along, along nicely. Just maybe the results haven't been you know as hoped. You know, yeah, like the record is still poor. But, you know, in terms of on field, I, I think they're they're about on on track. You know, if not uh, better than in you know, in, you know in some cases, like six toe. You know, he, he seems seems to be. You know, I, I mean, you know, just to say he he might he may come up in September. You know, you know, that, that, you know that's good. And I think you know, off the field as well. I think they've done well. You know, all like the rebranding. And that, you know, and that that sort of thing. All right, it may not have hit fire totally yet, and the crowds are still poor. Apart, you know, apart from the apart from the old game here and there, on the weekend mainly. Yeah. But I'd say overall the rebuild for me is is about on track. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if contending wise, probably not next year. Obviously, we need to see who who gets signed in the you know, in the off season and that. Mm-hmm. But I'd say by twenty twenty one, I'd expect us to be you know. In the mix, the conversation for for the wild card at least by twenty one. Okay, buddy. Let's see what the other guys have got to say about that. Dan, what about you, mate? Yeah, I think that's that's probably about right. I mean, I think if you were to look at the whole thing, we've done some things well, as Lee just said there, with the rebrand and think and things like that, the stadium enhancements. I think that's all been spot on. That's the stuff we can control quite easily. Um, I think that if we was looking at a golf scorecard, we'd be sort of around par or minus one. So we'd be like j- mm-hmm. just a little bit, little bit above schedule, I'd say. I mean, I, the, the pitching is we spoke about it all year. It's what's been keeping us in games, um, and you've you've seen over the last month, I would say, us gradually getting better with the bats, considering how how cold we started. It was ridiculous. But you look at even just the last week in in um, since we last spoke, the last week of action. Um, I know we've lost a lot of games. I think we, we've won one, one, lost five or something like that. Now. Yeah. Um, but when I looked at the scores, that was all close games. We didn't get smashed, and this has been a regular thing. And even over the last week, since again since we last spoke, we've actually out hit our opponents by about. I think we were something like we we've hit we've had fifty four hits compared to our opponents forty six. I think I added up. So we've out-hit our opponents by nearly 10, and yet we've lost 5 and 1-1. One, one. So mm. that sort of shows that it's not it's not a million miles away. We've got a good farm with that that from when Jeter and his crew first come in, where it was terrible, we had nothing really mm. going. That's not the case anymore. There's there's a lot of optimism there. There's a lot of prospect there. Um, it's I agree with Lee. I don't think we're going to do much more next season. I think we'll see a bit more progression. 2021, I'd be disappointed if it's not us in the mix. So mm-hmm. sort of around that sort of 0. 500, 0. 550, that sort of thing. You know, getting in the mix of the wild card is what I expect us to see. And I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case. Fair enough. Rob, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I think it, I echo everything there. Um, I think we are on track. We are on track for 2021. I think next year we're we're on track for an over 500 season or 500 season. Um, What we are missing is um, our minor league system's looking a lot, lot better, but there's not so many 
of the real kind of hitting prospects there, mm-hmm. which is just the reverse of how things were in the past. If you think of your Yelich's, Ozuna's, Stanton's, etc. Um, but the fact that we've got that ongoing chain of pitchers going through, we're going to need. The the saying is, you've never, you can never have enough pitchers. And that is very true. Pitchers go off form very quickly. The life of a pitcher can be very short, um, you know, in, in regards to their, their, their time in, in the MLB. Um, and injuries happen. And it's good that we've got that production line going through. It just needs a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe once these these the last two drafts really get themselves, those players we've got really settle themselves mm-hmm. through. Because um, even... Even at the moment, one of the problems we've had in regards to the, the quality of our farm systems, you look every year and normally the, the teams always finish bottom of the league or near the bottom because they've never had the quality. And it's still the case. I know it's been a bit better this year, but still some of the teams are still struggling. Jupiter Hammerheads definitely have. So there are still weaknesses there and that will take a little bit of time to come through. Mm. I don't think we're quite in the position that Atlanta Braves were maybe a couple of years ago where they just had full strength just coming through. And that's why they're so good now. Uh, we're a little way away from that, but I still can see us contending for a wild card spot in 2021. And potentially then um, been able to go all the way in 2022. Okay, well, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> right, let's, I'm just, let's going to do a quick round robin now, guys, on trade deadline activity. And instead of discussing, I'm going to throw names at you. Just, we'll go around again. Um, I'll throw names at you and you give me one to 10, how likely you feel it is that they're traded before the deadline this year. So, Lee, you start us off, mate, and I don't think there's any better place to start for you than Miguel Rojas. One being not a chance in hell he's traded this year, and ten being he's already gone. (laughs) Miguel Rojas, give it to me. Uh, Three. I think they will will keep him, yeah. Okay. Dan, this will be tough for you, mate. Caleb Smith. Oh, no chance. One. Minus one. Minus one. <laughs> no, no, we can't have him. No, no way. Is is the ace. Is that ace? No. He's stuck. If the phone rings, you just you're not even taking the call. Not even, not even taking it. No. You're not in, yeah. <laughs> All right. Rob Stalin Castro. I'd say eight. Eight? Oof. Okay, interesting. Lee, back around to you, buddy. How about Trevor Richards? Six. I'd say of all the starting pitchers, he's probably the most likely to be traded, I, I think. Okay. All right, Dan. Here's another one for you, mate. One of your one of your favourites, the Grandy Man. <laughs> well, uh, it's got to be low again because who's going to take him? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's enough of one or two, you know. <laughs> Not for the one to try, no. <laughs> Listen, I do like Grandy Man, I do like him, but no, it's, it's a one or two. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Rob, I'll, 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 well, 
Uh, I've got another one in mind for you, Neil Walker. Um, nine. I nine. Think quite I think like, he's gone. Yeah, I, 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 hey man, Castro. I, the, the, what, what good have the Marlins got to hold on to these guys? They're gone at the end of the season. They're not going to give them two or three year contracts, are they? They need to play them <laughs> and pick up some, you know, sort of questionable, sort of triple A filler that might come good or double A. Um, like me, your Mackenzie Mills, who was the trade with, with Justin Bohr. That didn't quite come off. However, that Michael King, you know, Garrett Cooper, Caleb Smith mm-hmm. did. So, yeah, they, that's what you use those type of trades for. Yeah. All right, guys, that was a bit of fun anyway. We'll see We'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll park the trade deadline stuff for uh, later in July. There's going to be, I think, a ton of rumours flying around. As always, I think, in July pitching you can get some high prices for some pitching elements um and some some quality utility guys as well so and and the reality is the marlins have a few guys that tick those boxes so it's going to be interesting to see how they play it let's park that right guys boom 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 or whatever the intro music is question time we're going to give it a go see how it gets on um i'll start it though so I'll ask you guys a question. You can tackle it, and then it'll go around. Each of you have got a question lined up, I believe. Hopefully, everyone has. And you can ask the group. Treat it as therapy. Treat it as banter. Treat it how you want. I'm going up first. I'm going to start set the standard with something that's close to a lot of our hearts, actually, and it's the merch stuff. Of the current Marlins jersey options, which is your favourite? Dan? Starting with you, mate. Where else? Well, the, the, first of all, for all the people that are listening in Miami that um, have dealt with this side of the marketing, bravo to you because it's been absolute fire. Um, all of them are great, but there is only one winner, and it is the black on black. Beautiful. So I can't <laughs> wait to get one. I'm actually contemplating going to Miami just for that. That's, uh, that's how much I love it. So that's so, just a three. A three thousand quid jersey, then yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's um, nice. This, yeah, spot on. Awesome. Go on, Lee. Yeah, I think it's the black for me as well. Yeah, it just looks really nice. I was you couldn't see the players' names and numbers on it at the start of the year, but yeah, the black. I mean, did you see the record though? We had they put it up on the Sunday's brought. I did write it down. It was we're almost five hundred, I think, in that one. Yeah, we're thirteen and thirteen in the black. We're 14 and 20 in the grey, and the white, well, well, we need, we need to bin it. We're 6 and 22 when we're wearing the white. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, the, the, the black one, though, yeah, lovely jersey. Yeah, and I should have said, this. This is I'm coming at this question in purely a looks perspective. <laughs> no need to tie it to anything else, but... It's all about the Rob, record for me. <laughs> no, no one else can see this none of the listeners can see it but you're in the old marlins black one at the moment i've got a feeling you might go with the current black yeah that that is the nicest um i'd like the blue spring training one a lot and i i think they should ditch the gray one um Mm. and uh sort of quote unquote what my wife says when she's watching the game she says it's horrible and looks like a pair of pajamas uh, and 
and replace that with the blue one. I, I don't, we don't look good in grey, and, and Miami's a party town, not grey. You don't want grey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't want orange either. Uh, we don't want uh, sort of Marlins man um, sort of uh, stocking up again. Um, but, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Marlins man, I know you listen to this pod. <laughs> Sorry, I've no offence. <laughs> um, he, one day he'll have to go from orange to blue um, <laughs> or, or, or black. Um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I, the Full black. house? Yeah. Full house. Right. Who wants to take it? Who wants to take the microphone first up? I'll go there, see us. <laughs> Jumping oh, in. everyone jumping in, everyone's desperate. Go on, Elite. This is your moment, just, mate. Yeah, just basically, just based on the first half of the season, is there any player you would look to sign long term? You know, now for you know for, 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 for like long term contract, just based on the first half, you know, season really. Oof. There's a there's there's a few there, isn't <laughs> yeah. there? Um, and. I, even if you completely ignored arbitration and just say now, right, you've got to make the decision, um, I think you would have to go for Alcantara. You definitely would have to go for Lopez. Um, probably Caleb Smith as well. Um, you know, that you want them as long term mm-hmm. pitching options. Um, from a batting perspective, well, <laughs> You know, you you just locked down who's on form, wouldn't you? So, it's Garrett Cooper. Um, it would be for me. For me, it'd be Miguel Rojas as well, um, and, and Harold. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that um, it you automatically have to look at the pitching because it's so important. Um, we we've seen the other side of it where. If you don't have good pitching, you don't get anywhere in, in baseball. So uh, even though Caleb is my guy, it's it's difficult to look past for a long term because just because of his age and the, the, the ability and how far he could go, it would probably have to be Sandy. Um, but, but yeah, it shortly followed, as Rob said, with, with people like Lopez and, and Smith. Mm. Um, but that's where you've got to invest. And if you had to say, yeah, who's the long term? It would be with any of them three, but probably tip of the iceberg would be would be sad for me. Mm. All right, mate, I'll finish it off then. Um, the most likely is Brian Anderson for me in the real world. I think that's the most likely one to happen. What I think we should do, though, is lock up Sixto Sanchez to the longest ever contract ever. Just get him in now because the guy is gonna be awesome. And if we can somehow do a a brave special on him, like they've done with all their players this year, and they've committed forever for a bag of peanuts, then that would be it. But I'm just I'm just playing. I, I think Brian Anderson is the most likely to be extended. Yeah. So I think that will happen actually. And the, yeah. the reality is the Marlins have got plenty of money to throw around if they want. So. There's a few guys you've all mentioned which are candidates, but near term, Brian Anderson, see what they do with Rojas. I think that's an interesting play. We'll see. Right. Good, though, Lee. Like that one. Who's next up? Well, I think that with um, 
as we've sort of we, we've we've touched there just on pitching, we've all spoke about those guys there. Um, we started this season as our rotation was uh, Jose, Trevor, Pablo, Sandy, and Caleb. That was our five, and it was that five for a long, long time um, mm-hmm. until injuries took their course. So my question is. Um, the start of opening the world next season, what will be the one to five as of the start of next season for the pitching rotation? Bloody, and you want it in order? Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Wow. Wow. Who's, I mean, who, <laughs> I'm going to go first and be the lamb to slaughter because uh, <laughs> we haven't had enough prep time. I can do it. Oh, of course he is. He's in clean-up. He knows. Um, so, um, I would go in this this order. Um, I would go Pablo Lopez. Opening day starter? Yeah, I would do. Uh, and, and not not because I think he's the ace-ace. I think he will be the ace-ace. I think uh, as, as long as he's fit, I still maintain that he'll end up being the, the real all-round guy. Um, so, yeah, maybe a, a bit left field especially considering the next two, which would be Caleb and Sandy. Um, And for obvious reasons, as we've spoken about, this is where it gets uh, a little bit more difficult and whether you move Trevor Richards to the bullpen. Um, Because if that's the case, then I will go Yamamoto and Gallon with Richards at the bullpen. Like it. And well, bye bye, Jose Urania. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, nice. I've got my five now. Now, <laughs> Rob was ready for that one, so well done, mate. <laughs> I've scribbled three iterations of this already, but I'll give you mine one to five Caleb, opening day starter, Sandy, Gallon, Pablo, and Urania at number five. There you go. It's only because he's injured that he's made it. Otherwise, I think we would have traded him. But that that window, I think, is is closed. Well, you never know. I mean, stranger things have happened, but it's going to be hard to move him. I still think there's value there in Arania. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So my my five are going to be similar. To start, I mean, I don't know, opening day... Uh, Sandy, you know, mm. just to be to be uh, different. <laughs> Sa- <laughs> Sandy Lopez and Smith, I think they're the three who are you know, you know locked in for next year. And then after that, probably Gallon. The, the fifth one's tough because I mean, if Sixto is really good, you know, in spring training, I mean, do we start him straight away, or Oof. do we wait till till June to call him up? You know, to, you know, to make his service time and you know and all, all all that rubbish. So he'd have been he'd have had an extension by then anyway. So he's <laughs> yeah, covered. It wouldn't matter, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say six toe. We're, we're going to throw throw him in there as number five because it, cause it nice. worked with uh, Jose Fernandez. You know, mm. you know, you know, we threw him in there. You know, you know, number five straight away, and it worked. So yeah, throw him in six toe straight away out the gate. Yeah, nice. Lee, Lee, can I say you are absolutely on fire tonight? <laughs> you are on it, loving it, mate. I'm loving it. 
I, I love that shout as well. As a pure cat amongst the pigeons, that is it. Six stone to beat everyone else out, beat the 15 other guys in his way because there probably is 15. Yeah, loads of them, yeah. <laughs> so I will, I will say, I think Richards will be traded by then and Arania will be in the bullpen. Bullpen Arania, yeah. Well, interesting. As the closer. As the closer? As the closer. <laughs> I would love that. I love Arania anyway. He's a resilient character. I would love him to be the closer. He'd do well, I think, if, if he was the closer. I, 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 I can see him doing well. Awesome, mate. But Lee, you are. You're on a different <laughs> so level tonight. There tonight. <laughs> Loving it, mate. That new T-shirt you've got on there. Yeah, it's just Miami Primark for £2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. Go on, then, Rob. What have you got in your locker, mate? I know. I know. We did speak about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's probably opportune time to talk about it. And is now we're at the position where we are, where with our farm system and everything, is Don Mattingly the right manager to really take this all the way? Now, I have my own personal opinion, and I think he should be given the opportunity to do so. Um, however, his managerial record isn't really that good. He didn't, um, you know, the good team in LA, he didn't really succeed. Um, and it's been a bit tricky with Miami because he never really had, he had the issue, obviously, with, uh, you know, uh, Jose Fernandez's uh, passing and not being able to get that, that super strong team to, to win over 500 but there was some criticism then at the time I do remember saying you know with your Stantons with Yelich with Azuna um, why why are we still struggling so much so also remembering that there was quite a bit of change with the coaching staff as well do you all think that he is the guy to take us all the way or not cool <laughs> good question as well mate mm -hmm. well it's interesting, Rob, because that was very nearly the question that I was going to ask. I did think <laughs> of this uh, earlier when people put it out there on the, online. I um, We did briefly touch on this in one of the episodes earlier, and my stance hasn't really changed. I, I think that he should be given the chance. I'm not sure whether he is, but the man I personally think he should, he is, and I would like... I think it would be pretty brutal and cold, cold hearted to ask a guy who has pretty much been in a, a team that's tanking since he started um, to, to not be able to at least see it through to when we become competitive again. I want to see him get that chance. It's interesting, actually, because he's been a little bit grumpy the last week or so. He's had a couple of um, in interviews, had a couple of little snipes mm -hmm. at one or two different things. And I just started to think then, is he under a bit of pressure? Because I've not seen this before. Um, but from my point of view, I want to see him be given the chance. That's all I'm going to say. I think that he deserves that. For, to go for a rebuild is pretty gruelling on a, on a manager. They've got a lot of pride there. Um, and they, they're on a losing record with a losing team. Um, it, I want to see him have the chance to try and put it right when we get things right. So, yes, for me. Great answer. I'm happy to go. I think... He isn't he isn't Jeter's guy. He wasn't handpicked by him. I think they'll shake hands at the end of this year and thank him for his service. I don't know if that's the right decision, 
but that's what I think will happen. Just just a, a side point off that, though. They were both in the Yankees mm. system. And, and I know Mattingly left just before they went on that, that huge run. But there is, I remember uh, watching a, um, uh, a show about the, uh, the Yankees when I was over in the States once. It was on their Yes Network. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about future managers, and I can't remember which manager was was leaving or left New York, the Yankees at the time. And they were talking about um, Jeter and Mattingly, and saying that they were st- it was basically Steinbrenner's sort of almost sort of adopted sons. That close, they were that in that system with Mattingly in the eighties, and then Jeter into the nineties. They both know what Jeter wants in regards to how he wants the Marlins to be run, very much like the Yankees. Mattingly will know that, you know, off by heart. He knows exactly what Jeter wants. So I've thought the same thing. They all part ways at the end of the year because not Jeter's man. But then again, if Jeter had been looking for a manager when he joined, would he have selected Mattingly anyway because of the connections? <clears throat> yes. It's interesting, mate, and your knowledge there of the historical side is way, way, way beyond uh, the time I was following baseball. So me and Dan are probably going, what the hell's going on here? (laughs) What, were the Yankees good in the 80s and the 90s? Wow, I can't believe that. They they weren't that good in the 80s. No, okay. And then as as it got into the 90s then and the Jeter Jeter crowd came around, that's when they, they went on the hot streak. Has yeah, it's Jeter got five or six rings. I can't remember. Yeah, they won. They won in '96, and then '98, '99, 2000, and then 2009. I think he's got five. Yeah, because yeah, then they lost in 2001. Obviously, we beat him in 2003. Yeah, I think he's got five. Yeah. Good haul. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting point, Rob, for sure. Uh, so for uh, for me, like saying, I, I I don't think he's gonna he's gonna be back either. So I say it's gonna be tough tough on him. But I'm sure like saying, I mean, the last two years you can't really. I mean, no manager in the world would would have got a winning team from this. But I'd say he did underperform in his first two years here. I mean, you look you look at that lineup we had. Obviously, the pitching was awful. But, you know, that hitting lineup, yeah, you know, was really good. So I think he did underperform slightly, you could argue, his first couple of years. I, I would like uh, Joe Girardi is, you know, to, to, to come back to the Marlins because I, I loved him as manager for his one year. And obviously, he's left the Yankees. And obviously, he, he, he has that, that link with Jesus still. Mm-hmm. So for me, if Joe Girardi you know, you know, would come back, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, you know, now Laurie has gone and all that, I, I mean, he, he could be a shout to be the next manager. Mm. Unless he goes to the Mets, as is rumoured as well at the minute. Yeah, that's heavily rumoured too, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, there we go, guys. Our first question time section. How did it feel? That's good. Good, good jazz. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I had time to go and run and get another beer just while other people were asking questions. So, <laughs> come with me. Um, awesome, guys. Well, listen, uh, running out of time slightly, so there's a few bits I want to just touch upon before we wrap, wrap this up. And what we need to do definitely is to look back at our predictions we made back in March, review the progress against them, 
Um, the, the first question is, do we remember what we predicted? I certainly do because I've got it pinned on the Marlins UK Twitter account. So mm-hmm. I had 52 wins. Uh, actually, what I haven't checked is how many wins we've got right now. So <laughs> where are we up to? 33. <laughs> yeah, double, double threes. <laughs> so 52 probably feels light, I think. So over under 52... I'd say we're probably going to be over 52 in my prediction. So I don't think, I don't think I'll be, uh, I don't think I'll be right. So Dan, do you remember what you had, mate? Um, we did speak about it quickly before we came on. I had, I remember me saying we'd finish one win better than last season. And you guys told me what we got last season and I've forgotten it again. Um, <laughs> 60 something. Three was it? 63 last year. 63 right, last so, year, so 64. So it's about where we are. So I'm I'm close. But I am going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to say, and I don't know whether or not we can sort of record a lot or have this on record from here, that if the season started today, we wouldn't finish bottom. So we will have a better record than one of the other teams, probably going to be obviously the Mets. But yeah, so if the season started today, we will finish fourth in that division. And we will, um, but I'm on, I'm on track for... Uh, beating what I said I, I reckon in the second half of the season you're going higher than 64 then yeah 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 Lee what were you making you remember I have a feeling I said 70 oh so to get there we need to go 37 and 37 the rest of the way I mean it's doable it's not totally out of the question mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd at a minute I'd say I'd probably fall just short I think we're going to get to about 65, 67-ish, yeah, around that area. Yeah, so slightly better than last year. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do think we will win more than last year at a minute. Yeah, OK. Rob, where, where were you, mate? I think you were bold as well because we've had a bet with Bob from Braves in the UK as well, which I think you were predicted 90 wins at one point. You were getting, <laughs> you were getting carried away, if I remember right. 100. Oh, it was 100 wins, I was right. World Series. Yeah. You fast forward to 2022, wasn't it? That's it. Princeton and O'Brien uh, both getting 40 <laughs> home runs each. That no, was it. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't predict that. Um, it was... Um, now, I'd gone, I'd gone 70, and just the same, you obviously need 500. It's a bit disappointing the last couple of weeks. At one point, we only needed about 460 to, to get there, and I was feeling quite confident. But, <laughs> you know, we've let a few games slip now. The, the difficulty is every year, and Lee, you'll know this. I can't remember when we last had a decent August. It's been <laughs> we we stink every August. It's not most mm-hmm. of the time. And this year's going to be different because obviously I'm on this podcast. But most of the time, I, I switch the Marlins off in August and just enjoy the the summer outside. It's, <laughs> it's just not. It's just not worth it. And, and sometimes that's because we get to the point. And and Stanton made the point, didn't he, when he went to the Yankees, he said, you know, what's it like? And he said, oh, first time I've had a, a season where it meant something after May. And <laughs> that's, that's the Play problem. better then. Play better ball. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's the problem, though, is that you get to halfway through the season, you trade away anything you can, and then what you're left with is younger players learning or players filling in. And, of course, you, you don't win many games. I think this year it might be a bit different because I, I don't think that 
um, Romo, Granderson, etc. We traded away. We might even end up getting stuck with Stalin Castro. So I still think we'll have that that core there. The pitching is going to carry us through, and other teams will start to weaken off. And especially in our division, um, at the moment we've got three teams all head to head. So if they continue to be all strong, then we're going to struggle to hit seventy. If one of them falls away, along with the Mets, then then we'll have some opportunities. Um, it's it's going to be tricky, but I'm going to stick with 70. Mm, okay. Bold. I'd say 70 feels a little bit bold right now. But what we have to think of, normally you're weakened by a trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But based on, I think, what the likely outcome is, we'll move on who we can. But we've got a few guys at AAA ready to rock and roll that I think are actually going to enhance what we've got anyway. So we may actually get better in the second half. And obviously, maybe the rotation will be fit again as well. I think Romo will be a loss, though, if we do deal him. I mean, he's been he's been excellent. I, I look at Romo and think the guy actually should have been a Marlins closer for 10 years. Like he, He'd have been awesome. He just... He's got the right mentality. He seems to kind of really fit the club, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of missed out on that. But yeah, for me, I, I feel that he'll probably go and that will weaken us a bit for sure. But there'll be other guys who have an opportunity. But, you know, we've got Diaz ready to rock and roll. I mean, Diaz should have been up already, to be honest. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Lewis come back because he will get a chance. Monte Harrison will be up. We've got, you know, some bullpen decisions. Hernandez, is he going to go into the pen? Is Richards an, op- an option there? Who knows? The bullpen does need some work. So that remains to be seen. I think if we had more time and actually maybe next week we'll we'll dive into the rotation, maybe once we've got some more clarity, because there is some decisions that need to be made there, you know, with, that some someone's got to miss out. And I think the, the really interesting part, Rob, as well, from all the time we spent talking about Gallon earlier in the year when he was just bonkers in NOLA, the reality is he's been overshadowed since he's been up because the story has been Yamamoto, hasn't it? And that's the thing. And if Yamamoto wasn't up, we'd probably be waxing on Gallon, but we just, there's been so much to talk about, and the story really has been Yamamoto because he's literally come out of nowhere and shut the Cardinals out a couple of times and, you know, pitched well. And, you know, Gallon's done well, but not not quite to Yamamoto's level. So I'm really interested to see what Gallon brings. I watched his start, his last start, and I was actually really impressed with his stuff. It was the first start I'd actually watched fully. And it looks very impressive. Uh, the The movement he gets on the ball looks, you know, is it's, it's very impressive and looks very unhittable. So... That's going to be my interesting part, I think, for the second half, just seeing those guys. So we'll round it up, guys. We've already, I guess, covered a, a player of the half, so we'll just round it up purely with an emoji of the half because where else would we finish? Um, who's Who's got one in mind? And I've already put it on Twitter. And actually, thanks to it, you know, if the guys that are on Twitter listen to the pod, there's been a ton of people responding with emojis already. So, yeah, that's nice. Nice that people are engaging. Um, what have we got on the lockers, guys? Give give me the emoji summary 
for the first half of 2019 Marlins baseball. I, I did have a think early on, and I thought, like, you know, yeah, that was me, the saxophone one, or, 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 or like the trumpets. You love that band. I love that band. A Saturday band is just, I, I, I love them. So, so yeah, a, a trumpet saxophone thing, you know, just, just pl- playing away. Love it, mate. You Mark. dance to your own tune anyway, don't you, mate? So <laughs> I love that, mate. That Lee, that's the perfect way for you to round up this this podcast, mate. You've you've been absolutely on fire tonight. Flames. Good man. Stand the man, you've always got someone in your locker, mate. You've got you're uh, the creative yeah. one. Oh, I was a little bit because when I see you put it out there, I thought I spent about a good ten minutes scrolling through the emojis thinking. <laughs> We, we've been so, it's, it's middle of the road because a lot of people will look at it and go, well, you've been shit, you know, <laughs> you're bottom yeah. of the division, you know, think of all the bad ones, but it's not been like that. We've we've been, we're rebuilding and we've been, in my opinion, slightly better than what the rebuild suggests. So it's okay. We can't, You can't get carried away and start doing fires and thumbs up and all the rest of it. <laughs> so it's, I pride myself on my emoji game, as you know. But it's a bit of a boring one. It's just the okay, which is what I put out there. There is an actual word that says the emoji that says okay. And that's pretty much it. It's been middle of the road. It's been, as I said earlier, if you use the golf analogy, we're par, we're par for the course. So yeah, um, yeah and, and it will get better. But yeah, well, at then, the moment, that's it. There's your one, mate. There's there must be a golf emoji in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> sure there is. Let's have a look while we're on. Rob, what have you got in the locker, mate? You've always got something creative too. Mm, I, I'm I'm going just thinking back really over the, the past few months. And I think my favourite ones that I've I put forward was the when the, the Brewers um, sort of media PR um, guys went into a, a slight paddy uh, our, uh, our, uh, our dominant performance over them. And mm-hmm. um, so that was the, the crying emoji with the, with the beer being the sort of the salty brewers. And uh, yeah, but that was, but um, yeah, beyond that very, very strange piece of rivalry with the team that we've really got nothing to do with apart from the obvious trade. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back to the volcano again for Yamamoto. Mm. Um, you know, Kilauea and Mauna Loa in the, on the Big Island of Hawaii. Um, you know, the, the one of the most active volcanoes in the world, and and uh, we've got a piece of it. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the the volcano being uh, for uh, Yamamoto. Uh, and I guess there's there's maybe a a wider analogy there with the Marlins in general that it's building. You know, this. The, the rebuild is is bubbling up nicely and at some point we're going to erupt when that happens who knows but there you go mate i think you've got to try and somewhere use your uh, your ever-growing contacts pete to try and get this across as that yamamoto is going to be the volcano it makes sense and we've got to trademark it and and give all the credit to rob because that's that's spot on because it yet yeah, the hawaiian volcano so mm-hmm. get, get get that out there mate. <laughs> That's getting pushed out heavily now with the Miami Marlins UK PR company that I uh, that I employ, which is which is my ten year old daughter to press retweet on anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, I'm going to round it up. Here's mine. 
And this took some scrolling and some thought as well. But I am ending it on this episode and the half with the rainbow. That's mine. Because after it rains, there comes the rainbow. And that's, for me, the perfect summary of our first half because it was it was torrential in March and April mm-hmm. and since then the rainbow has appeared not just for this season but for the future I am so excited for the future uh, you know not so much 2019 but just what we're building towards things are just moving in the right direction so there's that's how I'm going to end it guys the rainbow emoji how about that one happy with that uh- that is yeah, spot good. On. And uh, we're, we're gonna, and we'll find our pot of gold, won't we, Pete? <laughs> we will find our pot of gold exactly. Yeah, I think that's Chen's wages, isn't it? Had <laughs> <laughs> to do it, didn't he? Had to just that's find it. his way. <laughs> that's guys. That's been an awesome pod. Great and pod. What what better way to finish the the review on Chen's wages? The pot of gold <laughs> at the end of the rainbow. All we need is is a guy with a vuvuzela at the end playing a tune for Chen Plex's wages. That's the way. Awesome, guys. That wraps it up. That's a season, half-season review in the books, episode 21 of Fish Across the Pond in the books. We'll be back again next week, though, guys. Yeah, for I mean, we're, we're into the Mets series. We haven't even covered predictions, so I don't think we've got time, but we'll do that maybe over Twitter or something. Um get some predictions in because we're back back at home, home stand, I think starting Friday with the Mets. Looking forward to that. Let's let's hope they're still in a mess and we start the second half strong. I mean, exciting times. Awesome, guys. Um, great, great to have you on. We'll catch up again next week. We'll do it all again. Until then, we'll speak soon. <laughs>